Before we begin the episode, I'd like to say that this episode has been brought to you by our Patreon supporters at the Ultra and Above tiers. Shout out to our patrons, Tokulectables. You can find them at tokulectables.com. CS Toys, who you can find at cstoysjapan.com. Ryugen Urabuchi and Poraimon. If you like what we do here at the Tokusatsu Network, from this podcast to our videos and live streams on YouTube to our everyday quality Tokusatsu news coverage, and you want to help us keep doing what we're doing here, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the tokenet. Some of our Patreon rewards include early access to all of our podcasts and videos, some exclusive behind-the-scenes blog posts from our editor-in-chief, Nicole Amber, and a few more surprise rewards as we continue to reach our fundraising goals. Thanks so much to our Patreon sponsors. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'm your host, Yas, and I'm joined by Nicole. Hi. George. Yo. And we have two brand new members of the podcast. I'd like to introduce Gladys. Hello. And Brody. Hi, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Would you like to give a short little introduction for the people listening? Uh, Start with Brody. All right, sure. So, hi, I'm Brody. I got into tokusatsu when I was in high school, found Gokaiger because I was looking up Power Rangers images, and hard to pick a single favorite. I keep coming back to that one, although Q-Ranger last year was fantastic. It was. Gladys? So, hi, I'm Gladys. Uh, I go by Songi for cosplay and drawing side. I'm the graphic designer, and... I got into Tokunet because of Kamen Rider Den-O. It's such a really good show, and I got to know a lot of good friends. So, nice to meet you all. Hey. Hey. Also, den is a good show to start with. Yes. Oh, I'm getting to that one soon. I'm getting to that one soon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today we are going to be talking about the first 10 episodes of Lupin Ranger versus Pato Ranger. Uh, the first 10 episodes are essentially the first arc of the show. Before we start, let's uh, talk a little bit about our impressions of the show going into the announcements and the you know, images that were posted and you know all that information. George, what did you think of Lupin versus Pato before the show started? Um, so I was really excited to hear about it, mostly because I like the Kaito imagery, which is the uh, Phantom Thief, so like Lupin the Third or Kaito Joker, that sort of thing really catches my interest. It's usually like a suave-looking dude in a tuxedo with a mask being a thief. Um, so I thought that was a really cool motive for a Sentai, especially since Sentai are typically heroes. So we haven't really had something where the theme is like not inherently heroic since like Gokaiger. So that seemed cool. And then something that always struck me and I'm still not super normalized with it yet is just having the idea of like looking at a the current Sentai logo and seeing like that big old VS in it and thinking, huh, we're like really in a brand new era of Sentai right now. So going into it I was really, really excited about what was gonna come. Yeah, I guess we should explain that. <laughs> in case there's someone who, you know, clicks on this episode and hasn't seen 
uh, Lupin versus Pato yet. The official it's not a versus before, movie. It's not a versus movie. That's another <laughs> thing. There was a time where people were confused that this is like a versus movie or this is actually the full Sentai series. Uh, so the full name is Kaito Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Keisatsu Sentai Pato Ranger. And as George said, Lupin, I mean, uh, Kaito is loosely translated as Phantom Thief. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Phantom Thief. And Keisatsu is police. Um, and this is the first time in Sentai that we've had two opposing teams as a uh, main series, not as a you know team-up movie type of scenario. So we have two teams of three, and they're essentially against each other, but not like, really? <laughs> against each other? Nicole, what did you think of the show before we got to the first episode? I liked all the visuals that we were getting as we were leading up to that first episode. I liked the distinction between the two teams and how there's this really established rivalry already in the universe and that we saw more of it, as, of course, as we were going on. Um, the only thing is, is, now it's starting to grow on me, but at first I was like, oh my god, those civilian outfits for the Lupin Rangers are so gaudy. But now they're growing on me. I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> like, I think blues is the most... It's the only uh, one that works, because it's, like, the only kind of natural color. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of those designs for the actual suits? The suits themselves, I actually really enjoyed, especially the Lupin Ranger suits. I'm just mm-hmm. one of those people, I love that type of design that they have. Right. It's now growing on me, but I really didn't like the Potter Ranger suits when we first saw them. I just, I guess gaudy is another word I have to use for them as well. But I really thought those suits were just not great, especially with the badge right on their helmet. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, it's not much different than having a freaking top hat on your True. (laughs) But the top hats are not as, like in your face as badges i think yeah yeah um i was actually kind of the reverse situation i didn't necessarily think the lupon ranger suits were gaudy but i just they didn't stand out to me as much as i would have wanted a kaito themed sentai suit but i really liked the Poplar ranger stuff just because the design language used for it seems like something we haven't really had yet um you know like with the bits of armor going on but not to the extent of q ranger and um, another thing that stood out to me is how they both have different accent colors. So, like, the Lupin Rangers have black and the Poplar Rangers have white. And I think that's a really cool way to bring them together. Brody, what do you think of uh, the show before we got to the first episode? Before we got to the first episode, I was really excited for this show. Um, <clears throat> just the concept of having two teams uh, sort of going after one another in one show it sounds like a really experimental concept, and this after a lot of the fandom had believed that um, there was sort of an established formula where sometimes after an anniversary series, uh, Toei would experiment with the series, and then they would go back to some kind of more formulaic thing. But this was much more formulaic after being really experimental with Q-Ranger having a lot of people, and I thought that was really interesting right off the bat. And then we had all of that promotional material being super focused on the Lupin Rangers, and some people were a little a little concerned that the Pato Rangers wouldn't get uh, much love. And I was a little concerned about that, but I wanted to wait until seeing the show to figure that out. 
And just to comment on the costumes as well, I really love comparing them side by side because they are really unified in a sort of minorly different kind of way. You have the hats on the top of the Pato Rangers to form their visors, and then sort of the uh, background being just their helmet, sort of this top hat just plastered over top. And then on the Pato Rangers side, you have that huge badge shape forming their visor and just a little badge on top of that. And those sort of mirror each other in a really interesting way. Um, even just the little bits of armor on the Pato Ranger suits mirror where the capes are held on the Lupin Ranger suits. I'm looking at the pictures right now. Um, they they come together really nicely, and they also contrast each other really nicely. And I just love those capes. Like, sure, Etna mode, no capes. But when you haven't seen them on a Sentai in forever, and especially when they have the confidence of the Gokaijers, just, it's great. So on the Panther Ranger helmets, the black portion is is a police hat, right? It uh, I couldn't quite figure out the shape for a while. It's uh, it's a bit of an off shape. It is, yeah, yeah. It's 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 in a weird perspective, like yeah. yeah I believe that is the police hat. Um, so they both have hats. Yeah, yeah. So something else I wanted to mention real quick, and maybe get people's opinions on later, is um. What do you think about the fact that the designs are so similar? Like, like Brody mentioned, you know, they have the hats, they have the color. Um, also, you kind of see the the fact that like the accent colors. So, like white is on the outside. It's like the jacket for the Popple Rangers, but the black is like the interior for the Lupin Rangers. It's like a it's a really interesting way of creating very distinct identities for each Ranger team while still using relatively the same design. Yeah. I agree. I absolutely agree. I think what it does is it kind of brings a hidden unification of the two, even though they're still fighting each other and they're very opposed to each other. At least it makes it still fit within the same universe. You know, you can really believe that this is in the same universe, they're in the same Japan as each other, so I I think I really enjoy that unique touch. I feel like it's going to be a plot point later on. I feel like both the V changers are they're going to be the VS changers are going to be something that connects them both. I mean, they both have it. They don't know why each other team has it, so it has to come from one source. I feel like that's going to be something that we'll find out more as the show goes on. Gladys, what did you think of the show before it aired? Um, before I watched the show, I was actually a little bit hesitant to be honest. It's a pretty interesting concept because it is their first time doing a, like the rivalry kind of theme. At the same time, I it actually took me a long time to get used to the design. To be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, like after a while, it does grow on me because like you see the hats, and I also like a little touch on Petrol Ranger. Like like there's a little tie there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, there is a little tie, and there's a jacket, and there's a shoulder patch, and. I can see the contrast, but like at first, I, I just don't know where it's going. Like, how can like how are they gonna like develop the rivalry at some point? But mm-hmm. once I start watching it, I actually like how the story goes. You know, yeah, it I find like very enjoyable, and I and it makes me very eager to to know more about it, or kind of have the same thinking as like in the future, are they gonna like work together or are they just gonna keep fighting kind of way you know yeah yeah it was it was cool having like this sort of uncharted territory like you don't know what this because 
up until now, the only versus that we have in Sentai is team-up movies. And it's always the same thing. They start off fighting each other, and then they realize that they're on the same side. And then, boom, they become a team. And you, you get like 10 or 11 Sentai Rangers all fighting against one big monster. But this one was very different. Um, for me, I it was really interesting because, I mean, Q-Ranger, like their suits, I fell in love with immediately. Uh, this one was different because more often than not, you're going to like one side or the other. And it was also like a team, Pots Ranger team, Lupin Ranger going on at that time, even yeah. before the show started. Oh, yeah. And I was torn because I liked the Lupin Ranger suits. But I think when we first saw the footage of like the promos for the show, I was more interested in the Pots Rangers. And I also liked the civilian suits of the Pots Rangers more than the civilian suits of the Lupin Rangers. So I was kind of split, but I was leaning a little bit more towards Pots Rangers. I'm also but, leaning a bit towards Patra Rangers too. Like I, I think I'm more different from people. Is I actually like Patra Ranger first, even before watching the show. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think there was very few of us. But that was, I think, I think Tom was another one who was like, who liked Patra Ranger, but it, almost everybody else liked Blue Ranger before the show started. Yeah. The thing oh. about that is that there were so many more people liking Lupin Ranger, probably because a lot of the marketing focused so heavily on the Lupin Ranger side. It was. Uh, that's it true. was, yeah. I mean, their name is first. All the, I think all the plot that we knew at first was all about Lupin Ranger, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It almost felt like the thieves were going to be the good guys and the police were going to be the bad guys almost because they were against our heroes. It was very interesting marketing. But then we get to the show, we get to the beginning of the show, and yeah, the first episode is pretty, you know, Lupin heavy. Uh, we we see how they became, came together to become Lupin Rangers. They all lost someone. They were all frozen in ice and seemingly killed. And the only way they can bring them back, Kogure gives them their VS changes that says, like, if you collect all of the Lupin collections, you'll be, you'll be given a wish and you'll be able to bring your loved ones back. Uh, so that's why they became Lupin Rangers and the Pots Rangers, they're police. <laughs> that's the, uh, on the they're surface, police. that's pretty much what they are. But I, what I liked about as the episodes go on, you get to see the motivations of each of the Pots Rangers and you even get to get, see a little bit more of the motivations behind the Lupin Rangers, seeing that they're not completely selfish. Let's talk about the characters. Let's, let's start with the Lupin team. Uh, where does everybody think of the Lupin Rangers? I like their base personalities but i think as the show goes on i'm not liking them as much as i thought i would mm-hmm. and that's not to say that I, I dislike them but i think i'm enjoying the Puppet rangers more than i thought i would and their colorful personalities are kind of making me wish they had as much focus as the lupon rangers just because mm-hmm. the at times the lupon rangers do seem very muted in their personalities and i don't think that really fits super well with their motive i can kind of agree that's i think uh lupin red and lupin blue in particular suffer from that they're kind of one-dimensional you know lupin red's kind of rash while blue he can be cool-headed but we did notice he's getting a little bit rash in some of the episodes as well Mm -hmm. um the only one I still love is Umika, though, because she's getting a personality slowly as the series goes on, whether it's, you know, we learn a little bit more about 
her connection to her high school friend that she lost being encased in ice or how she tries to help Keichiro with the girl that loves him and stuff like that. So at least we're getting more of her, but I feel like the rest of them, the two of them, aren't getting enough of a character development right now. Yeah. Personally, I would say their development is just a little less focused on, but I do definitely see it. Um, early on, you can see that Kaidi is... He's the very sly, confident type, and Toma is the stoic and straightforward one. But even just in episode two, you see Kaidi being able to pick up on the sort of subtleties of why the Pato Rangers are doing things the way they are, and making some mature decisions early on. He even stops Toma from just outright, outright stealing their versus changers in some of the early episode, in actually episode three. And... He was sort of like, hold on, hold on. First of all, they'll figure out who we are. Second of all, let's make this work for us. And Kaidi just sort of has this whole way of growing a little bit in certain episodes where he just sort of learns a little bit about how to be a bigger person. And I, I appreciated that. Right. Toma's probably the one who uh, just grows the least out of the Lupin Rangers, but... They definitely are the more heavily focused on Bunch in the first ten episodes, and I think that, um, in hindsight, the Pato Rangers getting a lot more focus in episodes after episode ten is helping their case. It's interesting to see Kairi as the episodes go on, because, honestly, he was he was my least favorite character going in. Um, he just didn't seem convincing, maybe it was because of the actor. But it's interesting to see as the show goes on, if you watch him especially when the scene isn't focused on him, he seems very playful, but in a mischievous way. And his reactions to things in the background are very um, exaggerated, but you can't really tell if he's being genuine or not, which I find really interesting as someone who's, you know, they're all basically undercover when they're at the bistro. So seeing him sort of overreact in the background kind of makes, gives him a bit more of a personality, maybe because he's, I don't even know if he's the youngest. He seems like he's the youngest, but I don't I know think he is. he is, to be honest. I, I thought Umiko was the youngest. Yeah, she was in high school. Okay, yeah, gotcha. you might be right. Hmm. I think I think Heidi is right in the middle. But also, do you remember the scene in episode one where it's right after the whole opening sequence where they were stealing the treasure and before the Pato Rangers get their power up and he sees Keiichiro in public and just sort of almost almost calls him out without calling him out. Yeah, and yeah. he he's like, "Hey, Mister, you're gonna miss that trash can if you throw your trash there." Yeah, he is the one that messes with the Pot Rangers the most, as far as like being while undercover. So it, that is, I, I do like that aspect of his character. He he's he likes to toy the line, and see how I far he can get. Yeah, Toma is the straightforward one, but he's also, I like that he is rather emotional when. Because he's, he's very impatient. But when something happens that delays them catching a uh, collecting a Lupin uh, collection, he gets very impatient and does things that you normally wouldn't see from him. I feel like that's a good side to him, like an alternate side to him, because he does give off this very stoic and calm demeanor. I also want his t-shirts, or his shirts. I don't know why, but they look <laughs> very cool. I like the patch designs that he has on his shirts. I want to get one of those. I just want him to teach me how to cook. 
<laughs> oh my god, yeah. Don't we all? Yeah, I think to add up on Toma, on Toma, I do agree. It's like it's it's very good to have the other side of him because he really always appears to be like very serious. Mm-hmm. Like, is it like because he's the oldest among all three of them? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, supposed so th- to be the most mature. Focus. Yeah, he's a yeah like mentally wise. He should be the most the most mature one, and yet he. He got the impatient side, which I don't blame him for what he has experienced through. So it kind of like shows more human side of him. So mm-hmm. that's a good job on the writers for that. Yeah, I think it shows. Uh, definitely shows he's flawed as a character, which is good because he's got room to grow. And it shows like he's not as mature as he actually thinks he is. Umika hasn't had many much focus on her, has she? She's. I think she's had the most focus, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. she has. While it's kind of paired with Sakuya's affection yeah, for her, yeah, it, yeah, while it is, she does stand aside that. She does stand as a good character aside that. I mean, I don't really like this weird relationship that they've put him in, this one-sided relationship at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, well, Ubika still makes it fun where she kind of uses him to gain some stuff sometimes. But at the same time, I got a comment that I really, really, really love this dynamic with Umika and Tsukasa, Patara and Sanro. Right. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. I was going to bring that up too. It's the best. Together at the theme park. Yes! That was one of my favorite episodes. And their personality got such a good contrast, and yet, like, it's really fun to see see them like really trying to get along in amusement park. <laughs> it's just yeah. great. I think in this ten episodes, the biggest episode she's had is where she had to rescue Kaede and Toma. Yeah. Yes. And oh, yeah. she had to use Sakia in order to get help to get the Lupin collection. Yeah, that was really clever. It's kind of like, oh no, I'm on my own. What am I supposed to do? Wait a second. The police also can fight these things. I'll just use yeah. get their help. You and... Might as well use a dope like Sakuya that likes her to, <laughs> <laughs> to further it along. Like, Sakuya. Sorry, Sakuya. <laughs> yeah, I don't really like him, but... I can tell. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Pots Rangers a bit. I will say, I from the first uh, promo... I knew that I was going to like Keichiro because he's he just going to seem like the frustrated police detective. And he's pretty much been that from... But he's also had this whole... Um, this sense of justice and the sense of like you know protecting people and being a good police officer, which I... I don't know. For some reason, that just... I really like seeing that, especially in Sentai. Or just seeing someone, just seeing someone dedicated to justice in general. It's a very old-school dynamic. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does feel old school. Um, but he also is kind of a doofus, <laughs> which brings a bit uh, of levity to him. And I quote, Lupin Ranger! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or I think it's the first episode, like, they feed him, like, the food, and he's like, mm, why? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, did, so, he did do that. And, and I don't know, I also have a thing for eyebrow i don't know his eyebrow just kind of like <laughs> catch, my, catch my attention a lot so those eyebrows though wait go with the eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> i actually thought i wasn't gonna like him at all he seemed really too over the top for me in the promotional material yeah but as the series went on like he became very 
don't know, there's something really endearing about him. Like, he's he's a doofus, but he's like, it's really fun to watch him. And I think it shows the strength of the actor that when he plays a, like, concerned version of Keichiro, like, when he's genuinely concerned about his teammates or the Lupans in their humans, human forms, like, he sells it so well. He sells that emotional, like, concern so well, and I think that's his greatest side. I agree with that. Sakia is she just wants a date pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, I just want a date with you, Umika Kataway. Sakia is the guy who he he just wants to sit and have fun, enjoy life. He, he you know, he doesn't take things too seriously. He's sort of the more lighthearted one of the bunch. Up until episode ten you don't really get much other than that. I think after this he gets a little bit more a little bit of development, yeah. but he still yeah. is basically a rookie. There was one yeah, thing but... in, I think, episode episode three, episode four, something like that, where everyone was getting all stuck up in their in, in gunk from the monster, and he messed up mm-hmm. at some point, and they were like, oh, just do what you can in battle, and then he pulls through in the end. Classic. Oh, right, I remember that episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a lot of review before this. <laughs> <laughs> that's good we're gonna need that <laughs> um let's see and Tsukasa she is how would you say it blank slate <laughs> uh, surprisingly I enjoy Tsukasa cause uh no offense but like I usually when it comes to Sentai I'm I'm not really too much big fan of Pink Ranger sometimes mm-hmm. probably because like sometimes it's got the cliches of like they relate Pink Ranger into someone more like very super girlish, feminine. like super girly girlish kind of way. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, and when I just saw the show and I saw Tsukasa, it's like giving me a big reaver, you know? It's like, oh, I actually see a very tough character. She's like really strong. And I'm like, wow. Wow. It's she's, nice. It's really nice to see this change, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think what she does is she does break the pink stereotype but as we saw in the episode where she kind of revealed that she loves the cuddly big stuffed animals i do like that she can balance that she's balancing between that tough persona she puts on as a cop to that like loving cute stuffed animal self that she is so i really really like her she's i was really surprised by how much i like her i think i like her more than umika to be honest and I always oh. love the yellow. Nicole, we are on the same Dude. wavelength right now. <laughs> it's, it took me a while to get used to that. that. That felt... I don't know. When I saw that episode, it felt very tacked on. I don't know. I felt like they needed to have something to make her feel like she liked cute stuff. And instead of just having her be just straight up, just a straight, tough character that she was. I don't know. It, it At first, it did feel like it was just an afterthought. But seeing how it, I guess... I don't know, just seeing how they handle it later on, I guess it does make sense, but I just remember this episode, for me, just felt weird. I don't know if that's anybody else had that. Uh, I don't think I felt that. I felt like it was more mm. of her just being sort of this uh, closet plushy lover, I guess you would say. <laughs> Everyone's got that side of them that maybe they just keep to themselves a bit. That's true. That's how that's how I saw it um, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, same I. I feel like her case is like very relatable like especially like I've been studying in Augur school like before I got to college so I've seen these type of cases before so I've seen people who try to keep their tough face 
and but hide their soft side. So I feel like Tsukasa is like very relatable, and I totally don't mind her liking plushy too. Plushies are awesome. Right. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. I've got my big plush ditto here. Some a, a couple Baymaxes, a Kirby. <laughs> I think that's my problem. I need to get some plushies. I don't have any. I got <laughs> You gotta do that. Yeah. Need to get some plushies. I don't have any. You gotta get the Sentai plushies. They're coming out with the Lupin Ranger and Pata Ranger plushies. That is so Where it's tempting. like the oh, actual man. suits and the civilian forms. That is so tempting. <laughs> it's it's oh, awesome. I want one. That's just a rabbit hole of it. I'm just gonna start buying such a Yes. And, I'm already broke. I don't need to... <laughs> I feel like right now Nico is like doing advertisement right now. Welcome to... I am. Welcome to Ooh. Plush Podcast. <laughs> we got we got some very good Super Sentai plushies for sale. Yes. Anyone want one? Come on, you want it? Oh god! <laughs> Though I will buy a Fies plushie in a second. So. Oh my god! Speaking of which, I got the Hello Kitty Fies collaboration. They do have plushies, by the way. I got one of the keychains, and I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Wow. <laughs> there you go. Yes, you got to buy one of those. They got the plushies. I can hook you up. Leave it to so Sandra. Hello yeah. Kitty plushie. Yeah, it's a Hello Kitty with the Fies armor. I guess sacrifice have to be made, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. Oh, man. Let's talk about a little bit about what's going on in these first ten episodes. Because, I mean, we, we after we established that the Lupin Ranger's goal is to collect all loop, the Lupin collections from the gangler who we haven't even mentioned yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. The, there is a third party in this whole story, and it's the ganglers who... What the hell is their story? It's a space oh, mafia. No. They're basically space mafia, right? Yeah. Yeah, and their um their whole thing is uh they're not necessarily trying to take over the world just to take over the world. They're trying to take over the world to see who's going to succeed as a, as like the new leader as like the current leader wants to step right. and retire. Right. Everybody's competing for that that leader spot. But every monster has these little safes uh locked safes somewhere on their body that has a Lupin collection that gives them an additional power. So basically the Lupin Rangers are after that. And the Pots Rangers, from what I can tell, they don't really care about the Lupin collection. They're just trying to eliminate a threat, which includes both the Gangler and the Lupin Rangers. Yeah, they just like, all they want is like, oh, we just want to remain order. You guys are, you guys are threatening the society. So you guys should be gone kind of way. There was right, there was right, the 10th right. episode where they just sort of destroy a gangler without concern for the Lupin collection piece. That was a major plot point. Yeah. I think that's episode 9, right? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was episode uh, 9. It nine was and ten. concluded in episode um, 10. Yeah. Actually, going off that real quick, I'd just like to say that like those two episodes and then the two episodes earlier on with uh, Kate Chido being very like one-track, I think that gives us a really decent chunk of episodes or very early on that are very like character and story heavy and that's not something we get all the time in Sentai and I really appreciate that yeah I agree especially like the first half of Sentai usually never does that we always get it towards like the latter half yeah it always seems like until we get like the the quote-unquote sixth ranger everything is just kind of one-off you know just you know monster of the week and that's about it but yeah, this one definitely because I think it's because they have to play with this dynamic of like three opposing teams. One of them is pretty straightforward, which is the ganglers. They're just you know, hey you go, just trying to wreck shit. Hey you go take yeah. over the world. 
if you succeed, you'll you'll be the new boss. That, Pretty much. That's them. Yeah. The Panther Rangers are interesting because, I mean, they are protecting the city, protecting the world, but they have no idea what the real intention of the Lupin Rangers are, and the Lupin Rangers are the ones that have the are the only ones in the group that have double identities, you know. They're they're keeping their identity a secret. Which I don't know how you don't recognize Kaidi with that hair. <laughs> That, I know, right? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> it's it's like Clark Kent all over again. But it is interesting that the Lupin Rangers have this hurdle where they can't defeat the the monster until they take the collection, and it's something that the Pot Rangers don't have to worry about at all. So yeah, those those episode nine and ten is a really interesting arc where you see them. They basically their 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 wishes and their dreams of having their loved ones come back are basically destroyed when the Pot Rangers come in and destroy this monster without knowing what the Lupin collection is. I really liked how it demoralized them and it sort of forces them to figure out what type of decisions they want to make going forward into the, you know, in the face of uncertainty. Because right. I know at some point more complications will come up. So it's really cool just to see how dedicated they are to, to their goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good episode to develop them as a whole. I think where we got episodes beforehand that developed them individually, this really made them figure out who they are as a team. It had been since like episodes one and two, since we saw them really coming together as a team like that, I think. But yeah, those were some powerful episodes. And what's interesting to me about the character development of just everyone in general, the Pato Rangers are very reactionary in their goals they just want to protect people. And early on, to me, that wasn't enough to really attach me to them. Uh, whereas the Lupin Rangers, they, they're they the go-getters who have a goal and they're going out to accomplish it. And mm. the fact that it was so personal to them is what really made me care about them. It wasn't until after episode 10 that I finally found that with the Lupin, with the Pato Rangers and just how dedicated they were to their cause. It is interesting to see that, you know, the Lupin Rangers, you know, they're pretty much going after their own their own interests which is their loved ones but still it's like very personal to them we don't know if there's any other people outside of those three who were destroyed by this ice yes we do right in during the flashback we can see particularly in umika's version or during umika's um flashback to that that there's just a ton of people in the immediate area who have been frozen Uh, and they all shatter right okay 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 i mean they have a specific goal but it is more than just the people that they love. Okay. The way I was seeing it in my head was like, their goal is more personal and Pato Rangers are protecting everybody. And that made me like the Pato Pato Rangers a bit more because they're kind of more about the traditional sense of justice rather than the more personal. That is still the case. Um, The the Lupin Rangers aren't really, their goal isn't to save everyone, but they just sort of do as they go. That's why everyone in episode one was talking about them. They were like, oh, hey, these guys keep saving the day. What can the global police do? That is another aspect where the, the uh, Lupin Ranger keeps getting a spotlight in the media. Yeah. And the Pot Ranger keeps uh, having to, like, battle that. As Darn well. that media. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, like, afterwards in the series, it, it does also kind of show, like, people in that city kind of, like, leaning, leaning a bit towards, like, Lupin Rangers, too. So that kind of, like... There's a little bit of contrast, a little bit of conflict too, so yeah, it, that's pretty really interesting. Intro cage, you know, insane. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, speaking of uh, Pod Rangers, we also have two other char- side characters: Commander Hilltop and Jimmy Carter. Jim Carter. Not Jimmy Carter. Jim Carter. Jim Carter. That was that was very interesting in the casting, to be honest. Right. I know. I just never. I would not expect to have this type of casting, and yet I totally go for it. Like you need, you need to have some diversity in a show sometimes. It's really funny because you, totally you would think Hilltop is the name of the robot, and Jim Carter is the name of the human. That's what I thought. Of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. For a second, I thought it was a reference to Rush Hour, because Chris Tucker's character's name is Carter. Oh, so I was like, I was like oh, is he, is he going to be Carter? Like, nope, he's Hilltop, and I like Hilltop. <laughs> He's fun. He doesn't. He doesn't do too much, but when he does, I just I don't know. I love seeing him on screen. I do love him. He, you know, he's he's kind of still sometimes resorted to a background character. You know, when the Patrick yeah. Rangers are kind of talking in the the office. But I do love the little things he does. You know, his little bit of English that he uses when he's uh trimming his bonsai tree, and the times that he does get like very serious with them. I I love his character. He's so good. I love yeah. that they allow him to get serious. Like, they don't just play him off as, like, a token foreigner. It's, like, he matters to them. Yes. Yeah. I very much appreciate that. Because I know he comes from a comedic background. So I'm glad that they decided not to 100% use him that way. Yeah, the uh, the thing with the actor specifically is um, he appears on a lot of kids' shows in Japan. And his reasoning for that is because he wants to get kids used to foreigners from a very early age and he wants them to understand that they're not like you know they're not dancing monkeys they're actual people and i think this character really helps drive forward that point because in sentai foreigners are not always treated that great i mean it's also the fact that it really sells the point that the global police are the global police yeah yes yeah the fact that we have branches in like France and all that is pretty cool. The fact that they have a branch in France really connects them heavily to the Lupin Rangers as well. It does. Yep. That's true. And I just want to take a second to like take a step back and say, you know what? We got really great characters in Q Ranger with really great writing that developed a lot of them, and now we've got these really great, well thought through characters in Lupin versus Pato, and it's just great. And I I just appreciate that. On that end, I'm really enjoying the show more than I thought I would, simply because I don't like what the head writer's done before. She did a lot of Wizard and Jewelger, and I'm not a fan of those shows. Um, so in that respect, I did come into the show a little apprehensive, but I've had a lot more fun with this show than I ever had with the others. Yeah, I even I have to agree. Like Last season, I really did like Q-Ranger. But I'm honestly starting out having way more fun with Lupin Ranger versus Pato Ranger than I did with Q Ranger, which I never thought that would happen because of how much I enjoyed Q Ranger. But I'm I'm really looking forward to sitting down and watching each episode and seeing what happens to the characters and how they develop. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I forgot to watch last week's episode and now I'm upset that I did. Ooh, you gotta watch it, dude. It's good. That just adds a whole new dynamic to everything. Naruto shows up. <laughs> right? Also, shout out to the suit actor who has to play Jim Carter. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah that's so true. Their, hand, a, their arms are like arms. constricted. Yeah, half of the time they're folded up into themselves. And then he has to like walk on those weird like segue looking feet. <laughs> <It's>... 
Yeah. Oh man, that is that's got to be a tough costume to wear. I appreciate all of the stunt work that's going into the show. <gasps> Can oh we talk God. about that? Yes. Oh my God. It's yes. so good. All the stunt work, all the crazy good camera angles and all that. This, I think that's why I'm enjoying Luke Ranger vs. Pato Ranger so much. Is because there's so many good aspects of this show. Not just the character side of things, but the actual choreography of the fight scenes are so good. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Like The whole production is like very well done like 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 you said like the camera angle to be honest i gotta feel like that cameraman might have done parkour or something for the whole scene, <laughs> for the whole scene like you can see the angle is like not just focused on one point it just it actually moves moves along with those actors mm-hmm. and it kind of makes it like even more exciting and not to also mention about the animation in there the transformation the animation right. it's like mm. it's definitely like taking another step up you know yeah. Oh boy, you're talking and... about transformations. You're gonna set me off. Let's talk about the action first, then we can talk about the transformation. Because yeah, that sounds good. Uh, George, you were gonna say something? Yeah, robot action. Uh, this show's been really, really good with that. I don't really like robot scenes, and um, I loved what Goldbusters did, but that only lasted for like a small handful of episodes. Mm-hmm. And so far, like spoiler alert, as of episode twenty, they're still keeping up the the quality of having like the miniatures set up in a way that it looks like it's a real city of having these yeah. closer, tighter camera angles, lower camera angles of having the buildings be as tall as like the Kaisers themselves. Like there's a lot of really good work going on to the, into the scale of these robots. And I am having so much fun with them. The density of like how many buildings are on the screen at any point in time really says that they're fighting in a city. And that's yeah. something that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, it doesn't happen often enough in Sentai because they, they usually like just want to have a lot of room to just I don't know do whatever but this one it definitely feels like they're in the middle of the city which I, find. I think I enjoy that because with Q Ranger we always had fights like in space or like I feel like the cityscapes or the planetscapes are always very wide and open mm-hmm. but with this you really see the city and the details of the city and it's so nice it really is yeah um, and uh, oh, speaking of that... speaking of Mecca, real quick, uh, can we talk about Good Striker and how he's like the best thing ever? Good <laughs> <laughs> Striker, I, I want oh him God. so badly. Yeah, I just I think he adds a really fun level of color and fun to the to the uh, cockpit scenes that aren't usually there. Like, yeah. I'm always really happy when he just like pops up wearing a top hat. It's the best thing. <laughs> oh, I his love... costume changes are so cute. Yeah. See, does he change costume? Yeah. He does. Yeah, he does. He has a police hat on when he's with that. the Pato Rangers. Oh, and and to to me, his main like what he's actually supposed to be is the one with the top hat. But then he pops up in the in Pato Kaiser with the little police hat, and I'm just like, oh, you little pooper. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the first reaction that they had when each team sees him pop up for the first time. They all just kind of jump back and are really afraid of that. <laughs> well, the Lupin Rangers made friends with him real quick, and the Pato Rangers were like, do we need to, like, train our guns on you? <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it was a threat. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, going back a little bit to the Ranger action, like, on the ground, and, yeah, you guys mentioned the camera work is just something I haven't seen in Sentai. Just, like, there's so many shots where the camera sort of revolves around the action, and it's all, like, one shot. Or... There are even shots where they kicked a monster towards the camera 
and then he rolls over the camera, and the camera stays on him as he goes behind them. That was such like, a good beautiful. Scene. I guess they, they used a GoPro, and he just kind of rolled over the GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> there, I mean, there was a scene in episode two, I think it was, where they the Lupin Rangers are up on a high ledge, and they're trying to beat the Pato Rangers to the monster. And right. they jump down off the ledge, and when they do, the camera sort of switches to, like, I guess Lupin Blue's perspective there, and you can see the other two jumping in, like, first person almost. It was pretty cool. Right. Yeah, that see, was definitely so good. That's one that they, I've seen them testing, like, I remember in Zoo Ultra they had a few scenes where it was first person, and someone gets kicked back, and then you see the camera is kind of on their chest. Yeah. You see them shoot back, and you see their hand, like, it's almost like a first person shooter. They've done that That's, kind of perspective yeah. in build a few times too. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, I think also a lot of this goes back to the point Gladys made earlier about this the camera being more involved with the fights. So it mm-hmm. actually feels like you're being taken into the perspective of the people involved in the fights, and it feels like you're not just watching one fight being staged. You're like it'll pan and there's like portions of another fight going on. And that's something they used to do all the time in the 80s Sentai. So it's just Mm -hmm. really fun to have that comeback. Oh yeah, man, that's a good throwback. One thing that was interesting when I, before the show started, like when we got that little preview clip was I did like that they had distinct fighting styles and we get to see that a lot more because, because they're Kaito's, I guess they're just very flashy by nature. So all of their, moves are very like flashy and you got the cape flying around and it's all like it's crazy um marvelous would be proud marvelous would be proud. <laughs> but what i do love about the pattern and what what one of the things that drew me to them was that their fighting style reminded me of go busters mm-hmm. and that it was very efficient very um straightforward um a lot of grapples and you know gun cut out kind of stuff you know it was it was I don't know. I, I, I like that kind of fighting in Sentai. Uh, I understand why it doesn't happen all the time because it's not as showy. But for me, it's like it just I, I like having that little bit. It's a nice contrast with the Lupin Ranger style. Yeah, because I mean, when you have like Takeuchi and Lupin Ranger flipping around everywhere, you kind of need something to contrast him because he's everywhere. He's like jumping and flipping and twirling, and it's he's great. <laughs> I got to meet that guy one day. <laughs> Just shake his hand. So as far as uh, right now, we're as far as episode ten goes. I mean, we've already discussed that there there was this whole thing about them almost losing their opportunity. So now that we know that if they lose one Lupin collection, it's done. Like that's it. Do you think that they will ever lose one? Like legit lose one? Oh God, I hope not. That would be that would be really really harsh. There'd we got thirty really something. Epi- we got like forty episodes left. <laughs> they gotta lose one at some point. I know. I just I'm worried. I don't know how they would change that in the story to work in their favor if they ever lose one. Because it was already pretty uh, like a heartbreaking moment in those two mm-hmm. episodes to see that happen and to see how they react and know how they felt like everything they did was in vain and they didn't really know what to do from there. So. Right. I'm I'm curious to see maybe if that type of scene is going to happen again in the series and how they're going to handle it. Right. My prediction is that they're going to do it again and that the scene the episode 9 and 10 thing is setting up our expectations for that 
so that they can make it really hit hard because that is that right there they were setting the stakes they were saying listen they need every single collection piece if they lose one it's over and so i i don't know how they will solve it later on but they're going to pull that for the emotional pull of that yeah um i'm not a huge fan of this idea but i think it's going to happen and i think it's going to be they're going to use another Lupin collection piece, which is probably going to be represented as a new part of the toy line to bring back the part that was destroyed. That's a fair oh. prediction. Uh, I think they're going to be close to losing one. And I think the only way that they'll prevent it from being lost is if they fill uh, the Potter Rangers in on the whole scenario. And that's how, the, how we get the Potter Rangers and the Lupin Rangers to work together. Oh, I can see that. That, uh, yeah. Either they lose one collection, or maybe they might collect all the collection, but there might be a twist to something. So that's mm-hmm. my another. That's that's my another worry. Is like maybe they got all the items, they are full of hope, and suddenly there's gonna be a twist that kind of bring them down to the low point. Mm. So that's my worry. That's my worry right now too. I'm waiting for the scene where Kaidi will punch Keijiro in the face because that's going to happen. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I do want there to be more of a discussion about ownership of the collection. Um, we saw, I think it was episode 4 or 5 where we saw uh, Keichiro say, you know, that these collection items are, like, dangerous and they belong to the police. But uh, Kaidi says they actually they belong to the Lupin estate. So I want to see that, like, idea of who do these really belong to and who's going to fight for them more. Right. It's sort of a matter of, like... The Lupin estate does own the pieces, but the police just want to have them to investigate because it is a threat to people. Yeah. So that definitely brings in the whole, like, you know, what matters here more and, like, who's willing to fight for it more. Right. And in that... I think I think the Lupin Rangers are going to fight for a way, way harder than the Potter Honestly, I think in that regard... Keiichiro's drive, like, in his one-track, you know, I'm all about the job and justice and protecting people is going to probably be a major point, and I think that's going to be a time where we see the the Pato Rangers get a ton of exposition and focus, and I think that's going to be, like, a huge failing for the Lupin Rangers, which is probably going to lead into some sort of power-up or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that, because, like, what we've seen in the past is when Wingo Kaiger came out, the whole idea was that they are jerks who don't care about anyone but themselves, and they are also going against the per- people who basically are in charge of governing the whole universe. And so they are both criminals and the heroes who are going to free everyone from like the people with an iron grip. But what we see now is that both the people who are in charge of like you know the people who work with the government are also the good guys as the people who are like the criminals but they're both being positioned in a way that we can morally say that they're both coming from a place that is really good like they're all they're both trying to do good things and so it's hard to say they're both they're both heroes but which one you know yeah. I, I can't think of my the conclusion to that thought <laughs> <laughs> That kind of leads into the question, which is probably what the show's going for. It's like, you know, what really is justice, and does one person have more of a claim to the concept of justice than somebody else? Yeah, I think that's... That's true. Yeah. 
justice is such, such an abstract term or idea, and there's different levels of it. So seeing them, if they would be able to fight together, despite having different views on justice, would be really interesting to see. I do think they will um, come together. They're going because the way I see this going is that the Pato Rangers, when they find out what's going on with the Lupin Rangers, they're going to be willing to help them as people who are members of the police, as people who are trying to help the citizens of the world. Right, I mean, we right. got an inkling of that when Umika and Tsukasa kind of, like, came together. I think it was, was it episode three? Or something very early on where uh, I think it was Tsukasa saw during battle that Umika was going for the collection piece and she kind of, like, let her go for right. it. Oh, yeah. And then Umika was like, okay, guys, we should go or something something along those lines. I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's why I like Sukasa and I like her influence over everybody because I'm noticing more and more that she is the one that doesn't mind working with them sometimes. Right, right. Mm, yeah. But on the flip side, speaking of Sukasa, she was the first one who had a hunch that the workers at the bistro were the Lupin Rangers. I love that episode. In episode yeah, at the end of episode seven, she says that she thinks that something up with these guys. And then episode eight, they try to basically uh, set up a trap to see if the Lupin Rangers are, in fact, the people who work at the Bistro. Which uh, lends the question, when do you think we'll see the Lupin Rangers identities revealed to the Pato Rangers? Will it be late game kind of thing? Or do you think it'd be like, you know, middle of the season type thing? I think it's worth noting that Keiichiro had a moment in one of the recent episodes, actually, where he was like, are we sure these guys aren't the Lupin Rangers? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it, it might will be probably mid-season. be a mid-season thing. Yeah, I yeah. can see that happening. It's we'll already kind of getting to, uh... close to that, so that's why I think it's going to happen sooner than later. Plus, isn't like the recent episode they got, they introduced the newest ranger, so I think we're like getting closer to that point right now yeah absolutely yeah because he also he knows their identity but he's also keeping it he says he's going to keep it a secret for them for now so who knows if he's going to be the reason that their identities are blown or i can see it being as like the pot rangers are about to destroy another collection and then they have to reveal themselves just so they know that you know who they are and maybe that'll help persuade them to let the let them collect the lupin collection yeah something like that so yeah, it, this this show is like really brings a new dynamic to to Sentai as a whole, I guess. It's worth noting that a lot of classic Sentai episode tropes are being brought back, but they're given a whole new dimension because of the versus dynamic. There's the whole oh, my team has been swallowed by a monster trope, and then they throw in a bit of a catch to that some a, a solution that we wouldn't have normally seen. Because then one person has to manipulate the other team. And it's it's just a really cool thing to see. Yeah. It's after this bunch of episodes, but we do get to see a bit more dynamic as far as the mechs and who gets to be in the mech. I love yeah. that. Later <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Probably one of my favorite episodes so far. It was great. They're doing a fight yeah. inside the mech and outside the mech. It was great. <laughs> So, feel like the episode kind of like show us the possibility of them working together. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like there's a hint to show you already, and that's another way to give you 
more anticipation for the upcoming episodes. Right. I do like that this show, little by little, shows how they're playing with the formula and shows and how that lends to this two team dynamic. And yeah, it's it's. I think it's going to lead to them having interesting ways to have them work together and have like a freaking six to eight mech combination, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's worth noting as well that earlier on when we were talking about the costume designs, we were talking about sort of how they're similar but also different. And it's all because yeah. they use the same transformation system. Mm-hmm. And actually, Umi- oh, that reminds me. Umika made a comment about that in episode two after they got away from the police and she was like isn't it funny how our stuff transforms us into thieves but when they use it they transform into police oh my god that's yeah. true kaidi was just like what are you having fun with this <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think of this first batch of episodes um as a whole was it a good start to a sensei season how does it make you excited for the se- for the rest of the show I feel like this is a very strong start compared to the last few seasons that we've gone through. Even like Q-Ranger didn't really have the greatest of starts. It was interesting, but it wasn't like this. I feel like the first 10 of the episodes has been really intriguing enough to just draw people in automatically. Yeah, and I think like this one already have like a very strong foundation to start with like it got a very strong like story plot that already get people into it and mm. the more as it goes by the more it unreveal like different possibility and that engages you that makes you really want to know how the whole thing's gonna end what's gonna happen in between this whole series kind of way you know mm-hmm. i think they did they did like you said they they established a strong foundation to play around with the story elements that they've introduced as well as like just your expectations of what a Sentai season actually is. I'm hoping that we get more involvement with the ganglers later on. I want to see them mess around with these two teams in a way that, you know, put them against each other at odds more. Like I could, I could see them becoming a one team at some point and then somehow the ganglers pit them against each other once again kind of thing. I just want—I want to see them get playing into the mix. I, I love that there's essentially three different teams at this point. Yeah, I think going on the idea of seeing more of Gangler involvement leads me into something. Um, we totally forgot to talk about Zamigo. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. Why did we? <sighs> he exists, kinda. <laughs> Zamigo is like he's there, but he's not. He only pop—he only popped up in a really important way in episode ten. And after that, it was kind of like, oh yeah, he was a thing. Yeah, even as far as episode 20, he has not been very present. He hasn't played a huge role. And it's like, he has the opportunity to do something cool here, and they're not really doing it. I really would have expected them to go after him more after they discovered that he was the dude who did the thing. Right? Other than that, I'm also enjoying the show quite a lot. I don't know that I like it more than Q-Ranger, 10 episodes in. I didn't like the first episode of Q-Ranger at all, but I think it picked up really, really fast, and I love the personalities on that show, but I think this show is doing a really good job. Um, I like seeing the various personalities play off, and it kind of just makes me hope that future Sentai also have a larger number 
of uh, members just because it's cool to have such an abnormal start because you really don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, it's been a while since, in, like, up until Q-Ranger, like, you kind of knew what to expect. It's either going to be a three or a five team scenario, but yeah, this is, it's it's refreshing. I think the series kind of needs it after, what, 40-some years? Yeah. My take on the first ten episodes would sort of be, if we're comparing it to Q-Ranger, um, Q-Ranger was a lot of introducing characters early on, and it spent a long time doing that, and then it fell into a lot of the tropes that we know in Sentai today. And so it wasn't super plot-focused early on, and... I don't know when it happened, but at some point I realized that I loved Q-Ranger more than I thought I was going to at that point because it seemed kind of formulaic in some of those early episodes. It just sort of really gradually turned into something deeper, and I appreciated that. But what's interesting is, um, so I'm also a uh, admin who helps run a large common Rider group. Or we're changing the type, the name of it, but that's whatever. I was talking to my friends in a group chat for that, and the sort of consensus that I was getting among them were that most of them preferred the early episodes of Q-Ranger and didn't really want to stick with this one as much. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting because this one is a bit more plot, but also mixed in with the formulaic stuff. It's uh, Early on, they didn't give too much focus to the Pato Rangers, but... I knew that it was coming, and it's just you just gotta stick with it. That was my thing. I don't know. I felt I didn't feel like the Q Ranger, like the first batch of episodes were very formulaic. I don't know. It felt like there was the whole thing with the Stinger plot kind of made it like stand out as far as the first arc or two. That's a fair point. But yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like this one has a good balance of you know normal soap tie episodes, but also just you know messing up with the formula a bit. Yeah. And I think that makes this show very refreshing. I think the whole versus dynamic is what makes all those um, classic tropes refreshing. But my my whole take on the first ten episodes, just generally that I wanted to see more of the Pato Rangers, and I saw the potential for the plot by episode ten, because they had that two-parter. Mm-hmm. Also, I really like the opening theme song. Ooh, are we, me too. Are we just going to gush about the opening now? Because I can totally oh, do that. yeah. It's cool. so good. It's funny, open. I'm not really the fan of the opening at first, you know. Mm. Uh, it's not as catchy as Cure Ranger, but once you read the lyrics of the song, you just realize it's it's like it actually reflects to like both sides, like both Lupin Ranger and Patrol Ranger side, and yeah. and it just starts to grow on you again. As you just find out, oh, it's actually very interesting. Oh yeah, it just showed it actually matches the theme a lot well. And. I think it does that because it's actually two different songs being played at the same time. Mm-hmm. It is. They're very different lyrics. The the vo- uh, vocal styles are different. It's a really, really different song that just gets pushed together, and it sounds so nice. I think they wrote it as one song, probably, and then decided, okay, now we're going to separate it and make it sound good individually. It's a debating song. <laughs> yes. It really is. And it, it's cool to have, I think it's just the third time there's been a female vocalist on a Sentai song, so it's really cool to have that. Oh, it is? Yeah. So Time Ranger was the Time Ranger. only like completely solo one, and then there was a female vocalist on the one of the Go Ranger openings. Okay. 
the part about the theme song that that actually kind of frustrates me a little bit is I just don't know what to sing when I want to sing it. Oh, <laughs> you gotta duo it, man. It's gotta be a duet. Yeah. Or, or like each week, just go for a different side. One week go for a Lone Ranger side, and another week go for a Patrick Ranger side. That is a really good compromise. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, just like real quickly, something else. Um, so this is the first Sentai without an ending theme, and oh yeah, oh yeah, that's so true. I think that really set, like pushes the point that they're trying to focus on the story more. So. It's like a minute and 30 seconds of extra time they have to, like, show characters or action or whatever. They don't have the ending dance yeah. to go with it. <laughs> That's another thing. Whenever there's, like, a show that has a, a very upbeat and very, like, playful ending theme with, like, this very catchy dance or whatever, it really messes with the theme when the rest of the episode is very serious. And it goes like every time that happened in Q Ranger, it made me laugh because there would be like a serious episode where like, oh my god, somebody died, and then you just hear whomp, whomp. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it just breaks that whole tension immediately. <laughs> so I like I like that Lupin Ranger, Lupin versus Pato doesn't have that. It's a really it's a really oh. unique experience to experience the drama immediately followed by the silly song. Because it's like, you want to laugh out loud, and then you want to cry. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a roller coaster of emotion. Exactly. Really Although I will tell you, I had the opportunity to go visit Toei Hero World in 2016 in the summer, and I got to see them, I got to see them teach a bunch of little kids, or try to teach, rather, a bunch of little kids how to do the Zhuoju dance. And it was the most adorable oh, thing, and God. now we're never going to get that again. <laughs> or at least not for a year. Well, 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 what if once the team gets put together, like Lupin and Pato, they introduce one? <gasps> I would love that. Uh, oh, uh, I love ending dances. They're so much fun. I, I just don't want it to clash with, the, with what goes on in the show. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like, think about it. Those dances are good for, like, just either having like being in cosplay, dancing and have fun, or just do it as a workout like every day. Okay, I, I think guys. That Q Ranger, that one was a workout. Oh my god! I think we can Trust have me. a compromise. I think we can have a compromise where instead of doing an ending dance, they just mix it in with the intro. Just mix it together there. Oh my god! Dance to the intro. I mean, I remember, I remember my first experience with. Uh, Cure Uger, I think it was. Yeah, it must have been Cure Uger at the same time as Gaim. Uh, and they had like a part where Gaim, the Gaim cast was doing the Cure Uger dance, and they were like, oh, stay right. tuned. And I was, I, I, and that was the first time that they were accepting viewer submissions for the dances, and it was just really enjoyable. Yeah. What if the ending theme song is an ending theme song plus the intro of the two songs? So we have three songs put into one. Hmm. Just like a bunch of <laughs> You're blowing my mind. That might, yeah. <laughs> they, just have good, they just have good striker flying around dancing. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I want that. I want good striker dancing for us. Anything that gives us more good striker. Oh, That's okay. true. So it sounds like we're all pretty excited about this season. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Actually, is it okay if I talk back on the animation of the show again? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That is, I don't know. It's that. It's definitely another step up for the whole animation. Like you know, when they are in the, when they're like in the mecca, 
Yeah. When mm-hmm. in the mecha fight, like the whole movement is so fluent. Yeah, it is. Like, like think about it, it's 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 a TV show, and that the quality is very top notch. Mm. I agree. I know early on when we saw kind of clips of it going from the CG to the miniature set, I know a lot of people felt like it didn't transition well. But maybe because I've been watching like too much older Sentai that really didn't have great CG, but I think the transition is really good and the dynamic uh, scenes that you know use a little bit of both, it's just so enjoyable to watch. It's such a new way of doing the mech fights. I agree that it is better than it's been in a long time. Um, the only thing that I wish that wasn't CG was the combination, like when they combine. Like that, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm watching older Sentai now where they actually do it with like toy models and stuff. So it looks more convincing. But the fact that it, it just kind of gets slapped on, just like, bam, 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 the third one. And it's, it is kind of, I don't know, I, I, I like seeing how it connects to each other. I think it would be difficult to do with what they're trying to do because they're definitely trying to go for more flash over like technical realism. Yeah. And I, I just, I just don't, I just wish there was more than just literally slapping them together. One mech slaps into another one, and then that's it. Like you don't see anything connecting or combining. Just kind of pop, 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 and you're you're good to go. Good to go. Boom, boom, pow. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, pretty much. Like that's the only thing. Other than that, I came around to the CG of the mechs. It definitely they they're. I don't know what it, what they're what new program they're using or what kind of new shaders they got over there, <laughs> but they're making it look a lot more. Uh, it fits in it, with it the background. With, if, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you did mention earlier, Gladys, about the uh, transformation sequences, and how you like the animation there as well. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little bit? I think I personally say like that because, okay, more like because personally, I did do some animation anima- animation wise stuff, so I know these are not easy, mm-hmm. especially if you think about TV show might have like pretty tight budget. Right. Type budget. And yet they can like bring out this type of quality. Like you can see the color, the the fluent movement, and the rendering too is really it's really like very outstanding. So that actually makes me go like wow kinda of way. Yeah. Uh, I do like that the, the transformation has two distinct styles for um their backgrounds and what they're using and stuff like that, like the Pata Rangers Patrick just like seen for a moment it feels like Tokyo. <laughs> like, oh just, yeah. The, um and the Lupin Ranger has the whole like they end up on this like castle and all that stuff. It's like really Oh, I love very it. Oh my god. Dramatic and flashy. Yeah, I Yeah. And I think another thing I notice is like do you notice like after the mecha like transform, like each side got different ways of landing, like how Patrol Ra- like Patrol Ranger side is like sliding on a road over mm. towards the camera. That was pretty epic. Yeah, that's um I think that's probably a callback to uh whatever the robot in Decker Ranger was called. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um but yeah, like that's Decker Ranger was one of the first Sentai shows to use like very integrated CGI like that, so I actually remember reading a lot of Japanese reactions to like this one specific scene where the robot runs into battle and like just it transitions to CGI and it does this crazy flip and slide and in, slides into battle. You know, they're both police sentai, so I think that's definitely probably like an homage to that. Right. They even do like the sort of 
John Woo diving and shooting and saying yep. thing. And it's really cool. The Gokaijers did that when they had the uh, Deca Ranger throwback. Oh, right. <laughs> That's true. I could talk about uh, the transformations at length, but honestly, they are so beautiful. And yeah. I am such a sucker for transformations. It's one of the things that helped me latch on to Power Rangers for long enough to discover Sentai. <laughs> it's um, Yeah, yeah, it's... I really... It's definitely something that's unique to the genre. Oh, it's kind of it's really fun that you see the Lupin Rangers kind of smirk as their helmets are forming on them. Yeah, yeah. Umika has a cheeky little <laughs> smile, and I was like, "Yeah, girl." I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> just I I think Umi? it's much more apparent also on Umika's transformation, and I don't know why that is, but it's adorable. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm surprised how much I I grown to like Umika. As the show goes on, she's kind of sarcastic in a way, but she's also very playful in the way she's like. She seems like she's having the most fun being a thief. Yeah, yeah, she's very happy. I think it's because she's the youngest of the bunch. She's trying to be. They're trying to portray her as more immature than the others, and so she's just mm. she's just in it for the fun of it. In addition to, of yeah. course, bringing back her uh, bringing friend, her best friend. I think, yeah, with the popularity of her actress, she's really popular. Um, Oh, yeah. I think they're trying to capitalize on that and make her as well-rounded as possible. Any of her toys are consistently, like, the highest selling in the entire toy line. Absolutely. Because she was the idol in Morning Musume. I mean, she's she's the main draw of this show for a lot of people. Yeah. Which is great, because that means she gets more attention. We haven't... I feel like most characters in female Sentai, like, or female Sentai characters, excuse me, don't get the you know, crazy attention that she's gotten early on. So that makes me happy. <laughs> and I think, like, going forward, they'll probably keep that in mind, that they can probably capture an existing, like, idol otaku fan base. Yeah, that's true. I hope so. That um, plushie of her is going to sell so fast. Holy crap. I need to go <laughs> buy mine, like, now. <laughs> oh my god. Do I... <laughs> Careful with your wallet, though. That ain't happening. This is Tokusatsu. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Actually, that's yeah. Sally, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, any final thoughts on this first uh, batch of episodes before we wrap it up? I have the GIF set pulled up of the transformation sequences of the Lupin Rangers. Yeah, they're super stylish. I love them. <laughs> I I, I, I I love that the Pato Rangers are finally on their way to getting more of a focus in the later episodes. For the first ten episodes, the Lupin Rangers totally got more of the attention, which is... It, it makes sense. We haven't seen a Sentai with this kind of theming since Gokaiger, and they are very stylish, they're very uh, likable with their super uh, personal goals. I'm excited to see more from the Pato Rangers going forward. But I do still think I am Team Lupin. Same. Eh, team Petro, sorry. Team Petro <laughs> that's, for that's, me too. I, that's, I have a thing for Asuka. I see, I see I'm outdated. <laughs> or out, outnumbered, not outdated. No, I'm sorry. I cannot, no, you're too. I cannot resist the eyebrow, okay? <laughs> that wiggling, eye, wiggling angry eyebrow, okay? <laughs> that's, that's fair. He's, he's quite a character. I don't know if it's strange, but he reminds me so much of like me and my boyfriend's friend right now i think that's also a reason why i kind of like him because he reminds us of our friend you have a real life cage you know 
Yeah, he saw the picture. He's like, oh my god. Oh my god, we look alike. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to get your eyebrows checked out, man. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. Even the face and the smile look alike. So that's the even more. That's the even scarier part right there. Yeah, oh my god, guys! I gotta tell you, freaking! I'm looking at prices for just like all the Umika stuff. It's like sixty bucks for a pig. Yeah, it's. Oh whoa. my lord! She is. Yeah, anything with her is gonna be really hard to find. Oh lordy lord! I guess yeah. I'll say that I'm. I'm. I'm Really enjoying the show, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play with the dynamics of Sentai as a whole, as, as well as just I'm really invested in these characters in general. So I'm, I'm, and with the introduction of the newest Ranger, I'm just like looking forward to it, seeing what comes next. Same. Anything else? Yep. Cool. Very uh, good. Awesome. All right. Well, that has been another episode of the Tokenet Podcast. I'd like to thank all of my co-hosts big shout out to our new members gladys and brody you guys Yay. thank you thank you for thank joining you. you guys are awesome yeah, it's been great being here and yeah thank you for having me yeah, it yeah thanks oh it's a pleasure having you guys on and we shall see you guys next time bye 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 The Tokenet Podcast is the official podcast of the Tokusatsu Network, your best resource for official Tokusatsu news and media. If you like our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, such as iTunes or Stitcher. It helps other Tokusatsu fans find us, and it really does help out the show. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash tokenet, where, if you're at the Common Rider level, you can get early access to this episode's and our future podcast episodes, plus extra rewards. Team Tokenet will always be online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, our website, tokusatsunetwork.com. Network.com.